0: Hi, this is Cam Smith, and this is the podcast of Triple R's Eat It, a weekly radio show about food and drink, broadcast live on Triple R from Melbourne, Australia, every Sunday. Hope you enjoy the podcast, and feel free to get in touch with us via the Triple R website.
1: I love your spam. I love it. I'm in spam, spam, spam.
2: Cornflakes.
1: Go by sir. Spam, 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 bake beans, spam, 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 and spam. I
0: said I don't want
1: any damn vegetables.
0: Lent was a really good, you know? Mm, forbidden donut. Oh. Today's show. I'm so excited. I really, really am. Because in the past, we've talked to so many things about this industry. Food. I mean, it's a big brief, isn't it? You know?
3: It covers a a couple of topics. It
0: covers a few things. So we could go (laughs) into something like food is tradition, food is history, food is fashion, food is politics, more and more and more. Um, And we talk to winemakers, we talk to chefs, we talk to distillers, we've talked to politicians but we've never talked to anyone about what makes good design in a kitchen and a restaurant. And that's going to change because waiting to chat, we have Nathan Scarfall. How are we doing, Cam? Wait a second, buddy. You're not not here yet. (laughs) I'm still doing the intro for the whole show. But, Nathan, I'm looking forward to talking to you. And uh, I was thinking that your name sounds a little bit like a Bond villain. Um, But, uh, yeah, Nathan Scarfall. But um, Calabresi? Yes. Calabresi. All right, Nathan, just a sec. We'll get to you. I have to say that... You know, after you is going to be John at the market because we uh, we have a chat to him and uh, he's about to go on holidays, So that's why we're doing two weeks in a row. And, you um, know, a little bit of cross-pollination. Ingrediopedia. Are you guys aware of that? Um, because we've got Ben and Emily who are coming in a little bit later. Actually, I'm not sure if Emily's coming in, but I know Ben's coming in. After touring Australia with um, his band that we were talking about
3: mm-hmm.
0: Plinger Girlfinger. Yes Which you said you'd
3: seen Yeah, they were flitting around yeah. in my uni days They were saying yeah.
0: a bit weasery A bit like eh. we a bit power poppy Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Anyway, um, But they're not going to talk about that They're going to be talking about their Australian Icon series With uh, Ingrediopedia
4: Triple R on, <laughs> on FM F- Digital F- Online F- via the app
0: Place. And what a beautiful day it is. It's springtime. The grass is riz. It's all happening. But we're here to talk a little bit about mm, restaurant design, kitchen design from someone who's worked woo, both sides of that fence. Nathan Scarfo, thank you for coming in. How are
5: you doing? Thanks for having me, Cam. Oh, I'm going great, mate. Yeah. Um we
0: we've met a couple times, and it it's kind of interesting that I've been able to witness um, your evolution from uh the tunic, as I was sort of saying it's, it's an easy way to do it the tunic and the and the clog sort of things to uh well, not quite the steel caps and the nail bag, but you know more the project management of getting great restaurant design and kitchen design um, in for, for clients.
5: Well, yeah. I mean, we focus more on the project management of building the restaurant. Who's we? Well, so me and my dad. Yeah. So me and dad, we have a company called Off-Bite Projects. We build anything from commercial kitchens all the way through to cafes, bars, mm. some of the coolest places in Melbourne we've, mm. had, we've managed to have. Mm. It's yes. been amazing.
0: Yeah. And um, so, but when I first met you, um, you were in a restaurant in South Bank. And um, what was that kitchen like, actually? I'm talking about the old Tutu Bene. Oh, good old Tutu Bene. <clears throat>
5: I mean, seven years of being in Tuttelben has been fantastic. Yeah. Um, that's how long we were. I think we met in my first year there. You know, knocking out how many risottos I don't even want to know. I think I did a count once upon a time. I think it clocked in at about sixty thousand risottos I put out over seven years. So you're doing a lot of pan work. A Lot of pan work. Well, yeah. I mean, we had a very, very big brigade, so mm. I was lucky enough that I had a great crew, and you know, they definitely took some of the weight off me.
0: Yeah, and look, if we we look back at the the history of kitchens and serving food. I mean, you know, before, in the old days, I mean, you know, the Romans had fast food and stuff like that. You'd had fire pits and stuff and you'd have knives and things and mortars and pestles. Like, that was huge technology in those days. Massive technology. My God, you've got a mortar and pencil. That's insane. <laughs> I want to see that thing work. Um, but then I think maybe we look at the um, 19th century where we have the gas stoves were started. And we'll started they were invented. So we went from the rotisseries rotisseries. Um and you would have an an old school kitchen which was, you know, the modern fundamentals was you would have the gas stove, yeah, where you have your cuisinier who was, you know, in charge of that, and then you would have your rotisserie, you know, where you do your meats. Yes. And you'd have those, and you'd have your rotisserie, who would do that. <laughs> um, and then there was the person who was in charge of the oven, who I'm not quite sure. Maybe Rachel would know you, good with French. Feminier? I'm making that up. Does um, sound similar.
4: Assistant de four, let's say.
0: The uh, cuisinier rotisseur, and the oven is run by the pastry chef, the patissier. The
5: patissier. Patissier.
0: So that was sort of the old-style kitchen, which sort of came through...
5: Well, I guess everyone through that time expanded on, and if you look through the generations of chefs that came up from that early period there and grew all the way to the chef and the kitchens that we see today, mm. I mean, I guess those fundamentals haven't changed. You've still got your pastry chef or the patissier. You've still got mm. someone working the grill. You normally have your pasta or your whatever type of ingredients being cooked off a stovetop there. And then you've got obviously your cold larder and you've got all your chefs banging out your cold entrees and design. Yes. Now, Different cuisines call for different types of people. Indeed, and And that, and also the different levels of technology in a kitchen. Well, certainly so. I Mm. mean, it's quite funny that you mentioned the gas stove. I mean, what I find so cool and so interesting is that you see a real big shift these days of people pushing back towards, you know, having a benchtop bento box where they're cooking things over coals because they want that flame grill flavour. That's what I
0: was going to say because we see with the evolution of kitchens that um, over the 20th century into the 21st century, we've seen the rise of molecular cuisine, right? Correct. And we've seen uh, restaurants that can turn into – Chemistry labs, really, with, you know, immersion baths, rotovacs. The whole um, the whole nine yards, yeah. big but,
5: giant bubbles that are kicking oh off. Oh, my God. The oh, whole, the whole, the whole
0: lot. And yet, as in any movement, you have a pendulum effect where the pendulum swings all the way. Where you have, say, George Columbaris, who's doing all that stuff in the day at... Is it Hellenic Republic? I think it was in the old Herald building. Yeah. Um, and then we have David Moyle, a long song... You know, upstairs in Little Burke Street, as you said,
5: just cooking on
0: fire. And
5: so just moving to a fire pit. And I think it's brilliant. I've actually really enjoyed watching the food scene, not digress back to those traditional roots, but I've really enjoyed watching people stop to muck around with food, just cook. Great ingredients and over really cool different methods. I mean, you see thing you see a lot of people installing like a Josper oven as a great example of that charcoal flavor and people. What, what is a Josper oven? A Josper oven's like a big Open think of it like box. A, well, sort of. <laughs> it's much. it's a big it's a big box with mm. coals underneath it, which I think are really cool because not only can you char grill and cook steaks over all the fire, but you can actually shut the doors on the thing and it, it cooks it all at the same time, giving that real, locking in that smoky flavour. Yes, it's fantastic.
0: Yes, I remember the first Jaspers came about fifteen years ago, I think, and they yeah. were they, they were like a um, a big thing. But it's interesting in the the, the fact that yeah we can we can go the those two extremes of of kitchens mm. um that we see and and yet there's still all these things that you as the person who's putting it together has to consider and i suppose one of them well you can tell me what the most important one but i would imagine Flow?
5: Well, I mean, flow and coordination of a restaurant are really fundamental. I mean, when we look at restaurants, um, we generally, me and Dad will jump in early in the piece. We'll get a set of drawings. Mm. That's normally gone through a consultation with the client. And those drawings will basically give us the building blocks of what needs to happen. Normally at that point, we'll consult with the client and say, hey, what do we need to achieve here? What do you need to do? What are you cooking?
0: How much money have you got? <laughs>
5: yeah. yeah <laughs> Sorry, I mean, I've got to ask that. it's, yeah. a, it's what's a big, your budget? And, and, well, I mean, look, it, that is a, pe- a key point. And, I mean, in restaurant building in 2023 is all about how can I get you the most value mm. with giving you the things you need and also sticking towards uh, – let's call it a guideline for a nice term, of where we need to be as a budget. And I don't think that's a bad thing. I mean, I actually enjoy the challenge of, you know, how can we make something work for you and the flow is a big part of that going back to where you said and i mean it's looking at how do we maximize the usage of the chefs how many steps do they need to take to get to somewhere how do we manage the wait staff is a waiter station over there the right spot to put it Mm. is have you got everywhere are you using linen napkins have you got somewhere to put them when you finish with them it's about thinking about
0: everything
5: everything yeah, it's, it's, and, that's, and that's
0: and there'll be all these things that once you go in there you'd forgotten or oh, you know that haven't been been thought of
5: well a million things always get forgotten and that's that's just life i mean mm. we get so caught up sometimes on that beautiful green lantern stone that's going on the bar or some brass feature or let's look at this beautiful you know poured terrazzo floor i mean there's some beautiful factors that that definitely are there to show stop and take away. And, I mean, we can all get caught up in the beautiful moments, but a restaurant, we've got to look at it from a functionality perspective.
0: It is, and that's the thing. It's that, that equation in our lives that is so much a part of restaurant, restaurant design, kitchen design, form and function. Form and function. And the two marrying together successfully.
5: Well, that's what it's all about, really. I mean, you've got to look at how we can maximise – I mean, it's a business. We have to look at that from that perspective. A Mm. restaurant, for all the whiz-bang-boom and the fantastic plates that come out of them, it's a business and it needs to function in a way that everybody is able to do the best they can. And come back and and
0: do it again. Yeah. How how have you seen in your lifetime, um, in your time in kitchens, um, how has restaurant um, design and kitchen design changed?
5: I mean, I think the most obvious one is, the most obvious for me is looking at a restaurant back when I first started in 2004, mm-hmm. you know, you go back to the days... What was where the I, first place you started at? I started at a restaurant called Il Barcaro. Oh, oh Il Barcaro. Wow, yeah. Wow, good start. Okay. Yeah. I've, so really, one of, the, one of the better,
0: best Italian restaurants in town, really.
5: I really did luck out yeah. with that one. I have to say, right, I one. was fortunate enough to meet Ricardo back in the day at a restaurant called Cafe Latte.
0: Yeah. Oh, oh. Right.
5: yes, okay. Did a little stage for him. And what lo- were kitchens like then? Kitchens were always buried out the back. Cafe oh. Latte is a great example of that. You've got mm. a beautiful front of house. It's, mm. It is. It's one of the beautiful. You didn't beautiful... want to see cooks. No, you yeah. don't want to see that. Just cook yeah, my food and hide out the back. Yeah, <laughs> they're probably fighting at the back. <laughs> getting drunk. Getting drunk and yeah. putting pots on their heads. And like, yeah. <laughs> you
0: yeah. know, it's... And, but that was the thing. You that... never knew what was going on behind those doors.
5: You just saw the end result. And yeah. there was this real interesting shift around my second year which would be about probably 2005 where you started to see people like jamie oliver did his fifteen show mm. and that started to really start to propel the,
0: the chef as the, the chef. hero where so and all of a sudden this story celeb- changed
5: all of a sudden hey we we're going to feature the chef in the newspaper i mean it did happen but nowhere near what it did today tv shows like master chef started to spring up mm. i mean and then all of a sudden you went from this guy who was hidden out the back to there was this real fun point where chefs were rock stars. Like, well, then it came celebrities. We were celebrities. And, mm. you know, I'd like to think that chefs still hold the same status today as they did at, at that growing moment where, you know, people really appreciate and respect what it takes to get the food out and the constant pressures that people are put under. Mm. I mean, a chef, a chef's job, you're an accountant, you're a, you're a grandmother cooking, you're doing – you're a mentor, you're training staff, you're doing the whole nine yards. So people finally got to appreciate what it takes because, you know, that little – that plate that you got in front of you, you might have – the chef took 10% to do it but he spent – all day thinking about it.
0: And that, dare I say, one of the great things about having the open kitchen, which has become a big part of Huge. design. Not completely, though, because there's still lots of examples that I was sort of thinking about last night when I was sort of compiling the uh, the list. But when people, are, when you have an open kitchen, one, the chefs have to work cleaner. They do. They do. They have to work really, really clean. You have to work well. You have to stop swearing so much.
5: I actually don't think any of those things are negatives but no w- yeah I, yeah no but- I think they're good I'm not, and I'm, I'm pitching them as good things yeah they are fantastic yeah. things i mean the best thing for me is that i like i like that i've worked in open kitchens and they come with those things don't yell don't scream you can't get upset you got to make sure you stay clean normally chefs carry two jackets one for a lunch one for a dinner service because yep. Things happen. I mean, kitchen, cooking's a messy sport. Um, and and what about your tea towel stash? <laughs> I remember. I, that's
0: just one thing I remember about cooking is that you always had your stash of dry tea towels, oh, and don't they were touch like my tea towel. Stay away. <laughs> don't touch my knife. Don't touch yeah, my, tea, my towel. tea towels. Yeah. So um, where were we? We were talking about... We were talking uh, about restaurant design. clean, working good, and open kitchens were good for that.
5: They were great for that. But, I mean, people still look to have that part of a... That connection, that open connection, and... It does bring a lot of questions to fold. You know, do we have a back area where we can still do the messy work? Do we have mm. a spot where we can hide mm. off and turn a robo-coop off in the middle of a service, which you can't do in an open kitchen?
0: Because it makes too much noise.
5: Too much noise. Yeah, yeah. Turn off the thermomix, mate. It's yeah, right. <laughs> sorry. Yeah, hey, you have the
0: back. At the back. Yeah, with at that the one. back.
5: But, I mean, it, it is good to think about and consider those things.
0: Okay. So open kitchens have been a good thing, we, we agree. The other thing that um, equipment-wise... You know, we've gone from okay, the of fire pit, yeah, which is great f- example, primitive as technology really. It is box. You know, box a- fire, fire burn fuel. I cook
5: meat, yeah, cook
0: meat, <laughs> burn meat, Term- or, or you know, vegetables <laughs> and things like that. That's that's true. But then on the other end of the scale, um, forget the th- oh, thermomixes. Yeah, that's another. Yeah. Of that. well- but the steaming oven.
5: Oh. My the, the rationale. The rationale was a game changer for oh everybody. God. Yes. Absolutely everybody. All of a sudden, I can cook a ragu overnight. I can braise meats. Andrew,
0: I- Andrew McConnell could do those uh, incredible lamb shoulders that he became famous for at
5: Cumulus. Now, isn't that a delicious dish?
0: Uh-huh. Uh-huh. But, uh-huh. Uh, what, but what is... Um, uh, Explain for those that don't understand what a rationale so is. So,
5: a rationale is a basically like a digital oven the best way i can describe it it has heat water and it makes steam if you Mm. want it to but the best bit about it is it enables a chef to control humidity temperature digitally. And working in an old conventional oven where it's a gas oven, you just turn a dial and hope for the best. <laughs>
0: remember B for burn?
5: <laughs> B for burn. <laughs> and
0: and, and for uh, some reason like it was supposed to mean braise, which it
5: never did. It, it just, never meant braise. No, it just Burn. Meant burn. Yeah, and yeah. bury your head in shame. Burn, baby. <laughs> but I mean, look, every oven I always looked at, it, those analogue ovens as I would like to refer to them these days, they, mm. they're fantastic, but they all had their own temperament. Yeah. I remember we had three of the same oven in a restaurant and all Three of them, you could turn what it. They do something different. And yeah. that's the good oven, that's the bad oven, and that's yeah. where we hide things in because it doesn't work. That one doesn't, doesn't Don't even work. Don't touch it. So the rationale revolutionized the way that chefs were able to prepare food in advance. Mm. And also, hey, I used to cook a beautiful pot I used to make a beautiful porketta roast, and I used to actually slow cook it Ooh. and braise it overnight. Mm. Um, not to get anything other than get all those flavours infused and really soften the meat before we charred it up.
0: Before you got the crackle.
5: Oh, I could, It enabled me that we could load that into the oven at night with the right temperature and then come back in the morning and pull all these porchettas out of the oven and they're ready to rock and roll. Mm-hmm. So what that enabled chefs to do was cook better food yeah, faster, yeah. and it actually took a lot of pressure off from you know. Oh, we have to do that during the middle of the service when you need oh, the oven. Yeah,
0: yeah, and do and, and also, I remember um, back in the day, it seemed the major way things used to get cooked was from they would migrate from on top of the frying frying pan <laughs> into that oven that was set at B for burn. You've got to get right, it, it in for B for f- burn. F- turn it over, whack it in, and in those days, no one knew about resting proteins.
5: No. And, and that was a big one. Bung it on the plate and away it goes. And that's exactly right. So I mean the resting and I mean a lot of people consider I mean I think food technique in general is is growing rapidly with all this digital information that chefs are able to get now as well. You talk about the progression of culinary. I mean, that coincides with the fact that everyone can Google a recipe off their phone, right? Yeah. Here. You True. know, I need a I need a sous vide temperature for lamb. I need this. I need yeah. that. It, it, it's, it's all there for you. Where back in the day, we'd be burying into books.
0: Got it. Tell me, Nathan, as we finish up this interview, um, you have been a part of some refurbishments. One, I've got to say, I think is just divine that we caught up with each other was movida Acqui. And uh, you can talk very quickly about the design amongst you love about that. But I thought if you would like a, maybe a top three or uh, four of your favourite fit-outs. Oh. And they can't be your own. it can't be your own. Can't be Acqui, own.
5: we can say, yeah. Oh, you put me on the spot there. Yeah, come on. But well. movida Acqui is fantastic. Uh, honestly, talking about that, we, they, we took a restaurant that had lots of cold concretey finishes and mm. you had the old milk crates up the top and you know it was a fantastic restaurant with full of life but what we've been able to do is transport it back to that antique timber molding sort of style that real warm delicious feelings of you know
0: feels all so grown
5: up yeah it feels grown up and it's given mm. it a, le- a level of class yes and you know i think the the designers there the is that they did a fantastic job on that i have to say you know we looked at the drawings and went i don't know how this is going to work but mm. then we actually put it all together and i went wow you guys you guys know what you're doing
0: i don't know who worked with that leather but there was some beautiful bonk heads down yeah made. okay other uh, favorite what do you reckon the bit be- one of the best rooms in melbourne is Ooh. I'm going to. I'll throw you one just to just to get the ball rolling. Let's do it. Gimlet. I think that's the best uh, dining room in in town at the moment. It's, I, it's I a square. A sh- it's all about watching people. Mm. Um, you can see every part
5: of the restaurant from wherever you are. It's brilliant. It is brilliant. Um, look, I mean, I ate not too long ago at a restaurant called Nomad, which I really enjoyed. And mm-hmm. I actually really enjoyed the fit out there as well. You know, you could sit at the, we were sitting in one of the high tables and you could look into the kitchen and you could see all the food being cooked out there. Yep. And I thought that was really fantastic. The smells and all the smoke and the steam, it was coming out through the kitchen. It was brilliant. Mm. Um, I also really like another one at McConnell's is uh, a Yeah. I think that's that, the bar. The bar, yeah, the how bar. could you go wrong?
0: it's just it is just a, a a brilliant spot. The one thing that we didn't chat about, and I'm sorry we haven't maybe we should come back because we could have a whole section on this noise in Whoa. restaurants.
5: Well, I think we need a bit more time than that. will you come back? Oh mate any time you All need right,
0: me We need to have a chat about noise in restaurant. Nathan Scaffer, you're racing off to chatty.
5: Yeah, Chadwa. What's happening in Chadwa? I'm heading out to a restaurant we finished fitting out not too long ago called Cinque Terre. It's a really cool... That means the five... The five towns. Towns. Definitely. That's part of the new social quarter development that Chadston installed. Ooh, yeah. Talk okay. about a fit out down there. That right. that came up real special. Talk about money. Do you think? <laughs> no, we're not going to talk oh, about okay. that. Well, we must have it
0: anyway. <laughs> Nathan, um, great to consider restaurant design and kitchen yeah. design come back and we might talk about uh, that very very important thing about We will indeed. Acoustics. This is a podcast from Triple R, an independent media organization in Melbourne, Australia. To find out more about Triple R or to explore many more shows, podcasts, articles, videos and interviews, head to the Triple R website,
5: rrr.org.au.
0: John saying, what should we talk about? And I went, oh, I don't know. Will you follow my lead? Welcome to the Victoria Market. John, a very, very good afternoon to you. Good afternoon to you too. I hope you guys are all good out there. I'm doing reality thing. We're actually really talking in the morning, but...
1: Yeah, but it's not that far off.
0: I know, it isn't that far off. Um, yeah, well, first yeah, of all, I wanted to... you my list. Yeah, you're about to go on holidays, so um, we're just about to say goodbye to you as you... Uh, have a little bit of a staycation and put your feet up. So you're looking forward to that?
1: Oh, definitely. I'm going to have two weeks respite, so it'll yeah. be good. We'll do a few day trips. Probably get down to Phillip Island to visit some friends that live down there.
0: Yeah, you said Coronet Bay. Coronet Bay, nice. just just before. Yeah, good. Just
1: before. It's lovely. Um,
0: and what are you going to do down there? Do some fishing? Uh, yeah. Cook some...
1: Well, see, you we'll go with the flow. Make you know? some pasta. Yeah, probably do that. This guy's a a lovely Maltese guy that I Ooh. worked with in the office. Um, you no, know, we're nearly thirty, forty years ago. Gosh,
0: back in um, the
1: day, yeah. Huh? Yeah, and we we catch up every now and mm. then. Lovely people, so it's good to keep in contact. Um, makes life better, makes time go quicker. Mm. Yeah, so that's what we'll do.
0: Well, you'll be missed here at. Uh, uh, the <laughs> the uh, the electric uh, the Bigfoot is back. Um, if you're wondering what that <laughs> what that sound is, um, now I was looking across over there at Shed H and they're really ripping the top of that roof off now, aren't they?
1: Yeah, they're they're nearly there. They said they found problems that they didn't expect, which they should have because it was visual.
0: Yeah, good on you. What um, problems?
1: Yeah, like uh, rotting posts and things that haven't been painted for 20 years that should have been fixed. Uh, But they're getting there and they're putting up solar panels because they they say when we go back, they're going to rip us for um, electricity. They're talking sheep station prices, but We'll bring them back to reality.
0: Yeah. Yes. Um... Fair enough. All right. Well, okay, so it's, it's all happening here. I was showing off some of the things that I brought to you because uh, while you were, you were serving some people, so I thought, oh, I'll go and grab a few little bits and pieces. So I'm really, really lucky in that I got some octopus... And I saw some beautiful octopus Then There's
1: some baby ones.
0: Too. Yeah, the baby w- ones. Oh, these are sort of halfway there. And uh, I was just wondering, I was going to ask an Italian, what would you do with those octopus? I'll be
1: quite honest with you. Mm. Um, octopus, oysters and mussels.
0: Oh, and no go.
1: No go for me. Oh, really? Like, okay. you know, if my cousins pickled a little bit of octopus, I might eat a little purse, but yeah. it doesn't do it for me. My Greek mates, mate, they get a dirty big octopus... They'll pickle it and it'll be gone in two days. Oh, absolutely. So, you know, they'll they'll sit there eating them like the cherry tomatoes. You know, you walk past, you eat a bit. You walk past, you eat another bit. Or you get a big bit of bread and you go for it because, you know, you get the uh, strong vinegary taste, you get the beautiful olive oil, and they all boast that their Greek olive oil that they get sent over is the best in the world. Beautiful parsley and garlic, and if it does it for you, well and good.
0: Well, I'm going to have a go at barbecuing it, so... um that should be... Oh, I'm really, really looking forward to getting home and doing that, actually. You're going gonna to do it Greek style, Japanese style, or um, a simple style? Greek style, so sort of more oregano-y, lemon-juicy, olive-oily sort of thing. Parsley, too. Yeah, and... And, and garlic.
1: Yeah, and it, it doesn't take too
0: long, apparently. So I hope you enjoy every minute of it. Thank you very, very much. All right, let's talk about what's happening in the market. Um, it is certainly springtime now, um, and we're really getting into that... Well, we're almost getting into the real spring part of the transition now, aren't we? Asparagus are jumping? Definitely. uh, We've been
1: selling Mildura asparagus for um, nearly two months because the weather up there is milder at night and you get the beautiful days. Mm. Their only enemy up there is the wind. Um, the asparagus tend to bend over and break, so we sell the tips, which is good for them, good for us, because they don't lose any money. Had some of those um, last week. They yes. were delicious. And they also have the straight ones, of course. Mm. But now the weather's milder, and um, they're, they're taking more precautions to stop them being windblown. Mm. Uh, the asparagus are a little bit straighter. up Ruppa's starting. I uh, said to my uh, friend, grower that when we come back from holidays, we're going to fire up big time. We'll make some beautiful big displays. We'll have the jumbos. We'll have small ones, not thins with a bit of luck because I don't like the thin ones. No, we're Um, the
0: same in that way.
1: They they take the same time to grow as the big ones. Um, The big ones are greedy. They've gone bang. They've sucked up all the nutrients. They've sucked up sunshine. Uh, They're nice and green and straight, succulent. And that's one of the reasons why they're so good for you. Definitely.
0: Um, Because they're this beautiful growing shoot. This flower Flower, shoot that we get before it flowers.
1: And it's amazing in season how quick they can grow. So there'll be an abundance this year, which is uh, good and bad. It'll drag the price down. Uh, It's good because everyone will be able to jump in and have a feed. If you have never tried cooking asparagus, good time to experiment. Yep. There are so many ways. It's so simple. The easiest way, brush them in olive oil Mm. um, and throw them under the grill or in a pan in the oven couple of minutes that's all serving beside a steak or anything you like
0: yeah
1: uh, i get exotic i like to say to franca please can oh, i have the an omelet. omelet the omelet
0: yes so, yeah i've been lucky so yeah. i can't complain my favorite is just so simple where you just get the asparagus you either steam them or boil them and then you just nappe them cover them up with a little bit of olive oil some parmesan and i don't know maybe a grind of pepper if you want to get you know and that's awesome
1: it is, it is, and they're tasty and good for you, so who can we, who can complain about that? No, I'm not, I'm yeah. not complaining, that's for sure. You were uh, saying that we're moving on to spring, we've still got beautiful cauliflowers and broccoli and broccolini. But I've noticed but we are, the cauliflower, Yeah, today. yeah. And, and they're sweet too, which is very, very good. Mm. A lot of people tend to discard them as soon as they get a change of weather, yep. but it's still time to jump onto them. Brussels sprouts, I'd say they're cooked. Um, as but in done. As done. Right. Um, so, you know, like you said, you, we've got uh, new asparagus. We've got yeah. all the new season crops of capsicums, and that's still coming out of Queensland. Mm. Uh, I don't know if you noticed the red bullhorn before. Yes. Their flesh is nearly, it is half a centimetre thick. Whoa. You know? Whoa. And I, I, I sold two that's beautiful... thick for bullhorn. stick thick. I sold two beautiful ones to a lady for $6.00. And she said, Thank you very much. I thought she was going to complain about the price. Yeah. She's going to gorilla them and stuff them with goat's cheese. <gasps> one for her and one for her husband if he gets there first. If not, she's going to eat both of them. <laughs> and I, Hurry nice. home, honey. Oh. I had such a laugh, you know. <laughs> um, but yeah, there are a lot of things you can do with them. A lot of people eat them raw, like an apple. Yeah. Um, they're full of vitamin C, they're so uh, sweet, they're juicy, and crunchy. Oh, my God. Um, yeah, so there are a lot of new things, even though you see them all year round. Mm. There are new crops and they're, they're you know, more vibrant, more, more nutrients in them as well.
0: Yeah, maybe I need to get a couple of those and throw them on that barbecue with the octopus. Sounds good to me. Sounds good too. All right. Well, look, um, you've got people that uh, you want to serve and uh, I know you want to get on holidays. So let's do pick of the market, huh? Pick of the market. We finally got some beautiful
1: fat peas. Mm. Uh, we've been selling them $10 a kilo. You shell them open, you get about six, 700 grams out of a kilo, mm. if you're lucky. Um, just steam them lightly, don't boil them, a little bit of olive oil. And we've got new yeah. season salad onions, which are good to cook with the peas. Saw them. We, yeah, you missed out. We had some beautiful baby ones. Um, a little bit smaller than an egg from mm. um, Cranbourne Way, um, yeah, beautiful green leaves to put into an omelette or a soup.
0: So they've got that really lovely sandy soil to grow those in? Yeah,
1: they've got both that. They're sandy and heavy soil, okay. but they mix it up so, you yeah. know, the onions grow nicely. The Victorian ones are a flatter, softer variety, sweeter. Mm-hmm. The Queensland ones are a rounder one, like a brown onion, yeah. but sweeter because they're just straight out of the ground. Ooh. They're white, not brown. Yeah. Uh, don't forget. Yeah. Um, Because if you eat a baby brown onion, there's still a brown onion, they're bloody hot.
0: Um, The only one I've ever seen do that was Tony Abbott. uh, Yeah, Yeah. good luck to him. Good on you, mate. mate. We were all Um, going, wow. Yeah, yeah. So, um,
1: asparagus ran away, Uh, we sold out of them. Um, What else? Tomatoes have been a big hit this week. Mm. Uh, We bought more and still sold out. Uh, There's very few tomatoes on the bench, and it's not even midday yet. So, yeah. you know, people are, are feeling that summery um, meal coming on. It's a vibe. It's a vibe, It's yeah. a vibe, man. Yeah. Yeah. And and, <laughs> and the green oak lettuces and mignonettes and butter lettuce also ran away. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what can I say?
0: I can say one more thing. Always come to the market because yeah, things like bananas will always be cheaper. Than if you go to the supermarket. So I'm looking at bananas there, three fifty a kilo,
1: and ripened the way you want them. They they're yeah. not grey. They're a nice golden colour if they're ripe. They've got the right green tinges if they're half ripe. They're nothing worse than having a grey banana when you eat it. It's so chalky.
0: Confucius said that. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> All right. Well, um, happy
1: holidays. Thank you.
0: Um, have a have a few for me, and I hope. Uh, looking forward to hearing what past you do. Uh, while you're
1: down there? Well, I've had some promises. We'll see. No. My, my cousin, I took him a, um, a box of Balotti beans, and he has promised me that he personally will make the handmade pasta.
0: Oi. So we'll see so what fagioli. comes. fagioli. Pasta fagioli. Uh, pasta fagioli. I know that you get very excited about pasta fagioli. Oh, definitely. When, yeah. you,
1: when you have a beautiful bean and, yeah. and beautiful sauce with good tomatoes. And good people. And good people. They'll have a little bit of red wine. I don't drink red wine, unfortunately. I can't drink it.
0: But you know what they say. In vino veritas. That's right. That means the <laughs> truth comes out. All right. Well, I'm going to get to the uh, uh, the studio and we'll see you later. All right. Enjoy.
5: Triple R on
0: FM, digital, online and via the app. Yeah, rock and roll. <laughs> Ben Birchall, Emily Nay Smith. Hello. Hi.
2: Hey, Hi, Cam. Kim. So
0: good to have you on. Thanks for having us. I've missed you. You've um, <laughs> you've, had, you've asked me on a couple of times, but I was
4: mm. unwell. Mm. And, yeah.
0: and when I was speaking to you last, I was sort of going, <gasps> <laughs>
4: Yeah. <gasps> we cannot wait to get you on <gasps> on bites and ask you questions about what is in your in your fridge and pantry and, oh, God. Yeah. and yeah. freezer. And freezer. What oh. lurks in there. We oh. can't wait to put you on the spot, Cam. <laughs> okay. I, don't know, I have to think about that.
0: <laughs> uh, but we're doing the here and now and uh, radio is about the present. Um, Beth and Emily, of course, uh, the the producers of that incredible podcast worldwide, renowned <laughs> Ingrediapedia. Ooh. Been going for a while now.
2: Yeah. A few well, footy
0: seasons. <laughs> that's
2: true. Yes. We... Yeah, the last year we've been doing it pretty consistently.
4: Yes. Yeah, it was pretty patchy. We've been doing it for eight years, so we were kind of like pretty early in, in you know, not... not yeah, you, early adopters. Early, early-ish adopters in that kind early-ish. of golden age of podcast kind of, and, and then... Uh, <laughs> the golden age. <laughs> but we were a little bit intermittent, and there was a few years there where it was very patchy, and then there was a few years where it basically stopped. But yeah, this time last year, I think it was, and we just went, let's, let's do this properly.
0: Okay, so it sort of ebbed and flowed. Yeah. And then- yeah, the tide came in, the yep. tide went out Yeah, <sighs> Tide's definitely coming in at the moment Because you're doing an icon series
2: Yeah, it's yeah. called Icons of Australian Food So we've picked five Yeah, five <laughs> of the best icons And we're like investigating ooh, So we're investigating. Okay. Let me
0: guess what they ooh, What are they?
4: I don't, I don't want to say one Because I'll, I'll do one and it'll be wrong Probably <laughs> But then we can do that for series two Golden Gate yeah. Time ooh, Oh, that's a good one. that is a good one hey, Pine Lime Splash yeah.
0: Oh
2: well, we could do an ice cream series.
0: The Aussie <laughs> icons. Aren't they? Someone writing these down. Okay. Can yeah. we can we can listen? Back. So you've definitely got. You're gonna you're gonna do the meat pie. Yes. Yeah. Got to do that. Yep.
2: We did Boston bun first.
0: Boston bun. Yeah. yeah. Which, we, but that's named after a city in America.
2: Well, we investigated. It's weird. I need to listen to
0: that. Yeah, yeah. I know. We don't know. (laughs) Have you done that one?
2: We have done that one. So
0: that's homework, Rachel. We've got homework. (laughs) Okay. Uh,
2: And we found out something truly shocking about the Boston bun. No way. It's historically supposed to have mashed potato inside it. Whoa. A sweet bun with sultanas.
0: A mashed potato.
2: A vegetable less with like within. Like real
0: mashed potato, or like Deb.
2: Real mashed potato, <laughs> yes. Yeah. So what I, were they
0: thinking? I know. I made the
2: original <laughs> recipe from the Women's Weekly, and I had to mash potatoes and then cream them with. Three quarters of a cup of sugar, oh. so it was this sweet, Whoa! sweet <laughs> yeah. mashed potato thing, and like you... a
0: potato fondanty. Yeah, thing. it wow. was truly
2: horrific. And then once you mix it with the flour and the sultanas and the milk and oh, the cinnamon it and sense. stuff, it's yeah. actually yeah, then
0: Because we were talking about um, my mate Joe Barrett down there at uh, Little Picket in Lawn, mm. and she does these
2: beautiful
4: this potato bread, mm. but it looks glorious. It's all brown glazed and. Mm. Wow. But, yeah, potato bread, potato rolls make sense. But I think that, yeah, that creaming potato with sugar was the thing that... That's a yeah. step too far. Yes. Yeah. Well, I mean, we, but, we do have some here. Oh, you you've done to... one? Yeah. Okay. No, Rachel, is... you get one too. Thank you. Yeah.
3: There is an excellent chocolate cake recipe that includes mashed potato. Oh. <laughs> really? Okay. okay.
4: Ooh,
0: cinnamon forward here.
3: you got some <laughs> cinnamon
0: in this one. So what are you saying, Rachel? The...
3: It's an excellent chocolate cake recipe that... I use as mashed potato. Mashed
0: potato in it. Mm. Okay, so this is not unprecedented. Not yeah. entirely, and it's a filler, isn't it? You know, when mm. you yeah. think about it, yeah. and it's a starchy filler. So, yeah. I guess from a food science point of view, it makes sense. So, yeah. what have we got here? We have a little square of a Aussie Boston bun.
2: Yeah, made with mashed potato in the right. traditional way, but what's um, good? Yeah.
0: Good rise, good crumb. <laughs> <All right.
2: laughs> Apparently, it was. What's you... the
0: rising agent?
2: Baking powder.
0: Baking powder. Okay.
2: Yep. Um uh, like economical substitute for flour. Yeah. So it apparently potatoes is more is cheaper than flour. Well, I don't know how yeah, that works. There's but...
4: a little little post war kind of yeah. post war rationing. Yeah. So if potato well, was I abundant mean, and flour wasn't, then it could come back now because look at what
0: the bloody hey. Russians have done. Mm. Huh? And and we are actually we are looking at um uh, worldwide shortages of wheat mm. this year. So yeah, right. this could make a return.
4: This could be a renaissance. <laughs> <laughs> Timely. Yeah. yeah. We got it we Let's got try it. it. We were slightly ahead of the curve for once. <laughs> Tastes good. Tastes mm. like a bun. Mm.
2: Mm. you can't taste a potato, can you?
4: No. 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 It's just a it's um very
0: moist texture. Mm. Sorry I would use the word moist for those that, <laughs> that don't like that word. Just mm.
2: emphasise it a bit more, mm. can you, Ken?
0: Yeah. Mm,
2: no. I like the icing. When I yeah. was in high school, I used to buy a Boston bun just lick the icing off. Just yes. the whole thing. You're not the only one. <laughs> so good. Big,
0: big fan of the coconut.
2: Mm. Yeah. I think it's the vegetable shortening, actually. Yeah, oh,
0: is, is <laughs> none, that it?
2: none in here? But um, in in the mass-produced version, yeah, yeah it makes it yeah. So
0: good. one of the things I love—I love many things I love about your show—but that it has become, well, right from the start, it was a competition. Yeah, you know, yeah. You know, hey, we're mates, but we're, this is a competition, yeah. and it's serious. Yeah, and I'll do anything to get people to ring in or uh, phone in or, now what's the word I'm looking for, register their vote. Yeah, there yes,
4: yes, in, um, in, uh, yes, yeah, social media voting. Social media voting, post, thanks, Ben. Post-episode, we uh, yeah, invite people to vote for who they thought was most interesting or notable or, mm. and it's usually Emily, I'll, well, I'm not <laughs> going to beat around the bush, I really? very, very rarely win. Do you? Yeah.
0: Oh, I'm so sorry. It's
4: fine, Look, what, I've what got other
0: things the, going for me. It's, Emily, what's, what gives you the edge?
2: Um, Do you think? probably like researching my facts before the night before. Oh, <laughs> I'm like okay. Putting in lots of effort. And also Emily my is the
4: one kidding. who cooked this Boston Barn, whereas I just kind of showed up.
2: Ooh. So however,
0: <laughs> can I say that in with recent precedent is mm. anything to go by, the amount of effort that you came up with and that you went with for the Cheese Tim Tam. Yeah. It was quite incredible because I know Emily was almost <laughs> blown away. She nearly knocked herself off the chair.
2: <laughs> seriously. She, she was seriously. shocked that I I think had... he's going to win that one. We're putting the poll up for that tonight. Uh, oh. So, yeah. So, that's the most I mean, recent and
0: yeah. you did, that was part of the Icon series. Yeah, he, so Tim Tam he had was one of a deep dive into um, the Tim Tam. And one is, is, help me, math people, is nine a prime number?
2: No. No. No,
0: but 11 is. Yes. And this was a thing that Rod Quantock did. He did a whole stand-up comic thing on the evilness of Tim Tams because oh. it's a prime number.
3: Uh, before that he did the evilness of them reducing it to 11. Aha. Uh-huh. Yes. Because previously there had been 13. Oh wow. That's yeah. And now
4: And yeah. now there's 11
3: or 9. And
4: then the or double nine.
0: ones as you mm. said in the podcast yeah. were 9. And uh, the thing is with 11 you can never share them. Because there will always be someone missing. Out. That's, true. That's true. That's true. You
2: should eat all eleven yourself. Yes, That's the only answer.
0: <laughs> <laughs> this is why I don't buy Tim Tams. <laughs> true. 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 <laughs> uh, uh, let's get back to the uh, the preparation. The amazing amount of prep that you did for yeah, well, the said cheese Tim Tam. Well, yeah, we kind of had what a, to. First of all, what on earth were they thinking, and whereabouts does, would someone have such a? aberrant Tim Tam. Well, it was for the Southeast
4: Asian market. It was from Indonesia and and, uh, Singapore and Malaysia. It was available. Mm. I I haven't been able to figure out whether it still is available. There's none for sale on the internet that I can see. Still a thing. Which is why I had to make it. And Mm. we we found some reviews of it that sort of described the texture and the flavour, and it seemed like the, the best way of doing it was just to get some really, really kind of bog standard shelf stable processed cheese and replace the fondant from a white tim tam. So you got a honky tim tam. Yeah. yeah honky tim tam. Yeah. Cut it down the middle. Cut in the middle. Took the fondant Straight, out. Scrape out. Scraped out the middle. God. Put in some very very uh standard uh plasticky, plasticky cheese. Yeah. And then reseal the it with with some white craft cheese no, with, That with white recently chocolate. got renamed. Uh no one can remember what the new name is. And I can't well, it was something anyway, uh, Lee. Daily. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um yeah. and yeah, and, and kind of sealed it up again with some just some white melted, chocolate. You melted chocolate for it, That's, as you said. Yeah. This was, this was I was astounding. as shocked as anyone.
2: Basically tempering.
4: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Pretty a much. Low. Yeah.
2: <laughs> and
0: um, Emily how did it taste?
2: It actually tasted really good, like flavour wise. Uh, I think the um, cheese made the biscuit a little bit soggy yeah. because Ben did it the day before, but he said uh, eating them fresh. If you,
4: yeah, if you're really doing it, you've got to do it fresh. I get the crunch. Yeah. You, you lose the crunch. You lose the crunch and you kind of lose the appeal of a Tim Tam, really. Soggy Tim Tam. Mm.
3: What sort of chocolate did you um, <laughs> play you with? Milk dark?
4: It was white just, chocolate? It was white chocolate. Yeah, yeah it
0: was all white. Yeah. See, I have a problem with a Tim Tam that's not dark.
4: It's not your so, classic. I, I, I can't go the white Tim Tam, personally. Mm.
2: Yeah, it's a bit of an odd choice. I'm,
4: I'm actually a fan of white chocolate. I, you, I know this. Yeah. from.
2: See, I've been listening to your podcast.
4: You are a white chocolate fan. Yeah, I know. Where I don't, don't even know why you even no, call it chocolate. No, it's, it's correct. It's, yeah, that's, yeah, that's correct. Yeah. But, yeah, that, that, that doesn't do it. Uh, anyway. Maybe that's why I always lose the voting. I don't know. Uh-huh.
0: So uh, the Tim Tam uh, one has been happened. So that's one we've, we've spoken of. We need to talk about other ones. So what were the other? Meat pie was another one.
2: Yeah, we did that. Wheat
0: Bix, which is coming up. Yeah, mm-hmm. Wheat Bix this week. So that's the great sanitarium mm. uh, product. product yeah. of, uh, it's amazing, a lot of these religious things yeah. brought us um, cereals, but no doubt you get into that. We Kellogg, will talk about that. Boy, he was a weird dude. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> have you looked into him? We have, yeah. yeah. Mr. Enema. Yeah. <laughs> far out. I mean, yeah, Rachel's not, you know that. <laughs> it too. It's like, whoa. And you think, when you look at a cornflake and you go, wow, Ooh. the motivation for that is so weird. <laughs> <laughs> Luckily, Wheat bix doesn't have that stain on it Not, not as much Excuse my, my no. lang- use of language <laughs> yeah. here yeah. Yeah. So yeah. to speak so, so to speak
2: So when I was a kid, I remember getting a free box of Wheat bix When I went to this like religious play <laughs> down the road from the, my street And I'm just like What's my motivation? <laughs> <Yeah, I'm like, laughs> <"That's> Cereal, <Cheerio." laughs> or I'm there <laughs> 25 years later, I should look into that What
0: was the show?
2: Was oh, it like God it
0: was, spell or something? Oh,
2: it was. It was Joseph quite...
0: and the Technicolor Dreamcoat. <laughs> it or... was
2: called Road to Bethlehem. It was actually quite scary. It was like a, a, a play where you <laughs> road to you had to walk around. It's a to... road trip, right? <laughs> it was. You had to walk around to different like, barely stations
4: of the cross. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> belly clad men yelling, like pretending to be <laughs> Jesus and the wise man and stuff. And I don't know, it scared me as a 10 year old. The memories scare me now, but I'm glad as, I...
0: as you're clutching this <laughs> yeah. box, you close to yourself for comfort.
2: Just let me take my wee picks home.
0: <laughs> I just want to go now.
2: How many wee do you have? I have four if I'm having them for four? breakfast. What? Oh,
0: sorry, I didn't mean to... <laughs> wow. That's a lot of wheat beaks.
2: That's not even that many. Like I have six throughout the day when the week we're recording. Like I love Jeez. a I love a breakfast wheat beaks and then I love a uh, supper wheat beaks just before bed. Really? I love Supper week bits. Don't weep <re-pick> shame me. <laughs>
3: <laughs> does, does the quantity also reflect the sort of shrinkflation
2: Ooh. aspect? Because oh. I reckon they're smaller oh, these days than they whoa, used to be. We didn't yeah, look at okay.
4: that, Rachel. That is a good one. Well then well, shouldn't you
2: know because you are the one eating them dry, so they don't even not
4: <laughs> dry. <laughs> they're not dry, they're buttered. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Cut wow. down the middle and yeah. buttered. Yeah. This is something that my family has always done, and my wife's family has always done as really, well. It's a thing. It's a, and uh, it is it's a valid, thing. It's valid, man. It, it's it's actually <laughs> it's called
2: valid. Questionable.
4: Well, it is, maybe it's questionable, but it's got a name. Yeah. And we're, I mean, we're sort of you know ruining the episode for everyone, but nah, it's well, called the trucky scone. Yeah. No worries. I have got so, big
0: hands. Yeah. Like, yeah. Brruh, brruh.
4: yeah. Yeah, okay. So I guess it's to do with, you know, being time poor and, and wanting to have and some quick sustenance. Rich. And wheat beaks mm. rich. Yes, I've and got all these wheat beaks.
2: Filling the cab with crumbs. Yes. yes. And filling <laughs> the cab with
4: crumbs. God,
0: that sounds like a euphemism <laughs> or something else, but um, Sorry, anyway, so okay, so there, and then looking back at uh, the icons, I think still think, yeah, it was... we did
4: Vegemite as well. Oh, is, yeah, yeah, you kind of got to do that, don't yeah. you? Yeah, do yeah, Yep, golden yeah. syrup. Oh,
0: that's mm. another good one. We Because you talk can go,
2: antics, then you for can go, something.
4: Cocky's Joy.
2: Okay, I'm going to need a bit more explanation. <laughs> that's, 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 that's what, what golden gold syrup
0: is. That, that was, that was yeah. the Aussie, old Aussie name oh, for, right. okay. um, for golden soup with Cocky's
4: Joy. Okay. Yeah, oh. just, just go with it. It's probably best <laughs> yeah. that
2: we just,
0: <laughs> just move on to something
4: else and just <laughs> pretend that you never know, happened. We'll just fill our cab with crumbs and away we go. And
0: away we go. Yeah, we, we, uh, we go along. Your favourite ingredient of all time?
2: Oh, anchovies. Oh, Absolutely. anchovies. Did yeah. this? You
0: found your love? Was it someone didn't like them and then loved them, or
2: that was chili? Was there a
0: conversion?
2: There was. A, there was a chili conversion about oh, okay. this time last year, where I realised I liked chili oil and chilies oh, well and done. hot sauce. And,
0: yeah, yeah. Uh, but anchovies was.
2: Anchovies love. is a, a long time love.
0: And what'd you make? You made something for that, didn't you?
2: Uh, yeah, we made anchovy popcorn. This was our like That's our second right. episode. Yeah. But yeah, for our olive episode, which we also recorded today, coming out in a few weeks, we made gilders with oh, really, you know the yeah. little basque, um, yeah, little the interest. things that yeah. go
0: great with martinis.
2: Yeah, mm. so mm. little anchovy, mm. little olive, little pickled pepper, delicious. Yep.
0: Okay, and the most contentious, most controversial—the one where you nearly came to blows—was hmm. there one? Where you was there a contentious one? Because you guys, reckon, get it. You're, you're, you're great mates and you whe-
2: wouldn't uh... Wheat Bix, honestly. Yeah. I, that was
4: a real divide.
2: Yeah. Mm. I don't like the idea of eating a dry Wheat Bix. But having said that, I did attempt the world record of <laughs> eating a dry Wheat Bix, like, without any drink. And it was 47 seconds and I thought, that seems like a long time. Surely I can... Eat my first dry wheat fix like quicker the than that. Cinnamon challenge,
4: yeah. And uh, we won't tell you whether she succeeded or <laughs> no, not. <I> otherwise, <laughs> we need, we need yeah. a bit of foreshadowing.
0: <laughs> That's called foreshadowing, folks in the uh, in in the biz. Uh, yeah, and so it just it goes on. The mm. old podcast in Gritty Pitty, How do we uh, tune in?
2: Anyway you get your podcast. Yeah, come on. Yeah, it comes yeah, come out on. every Monday morning. So yeah, tomorrow our wheat fix episode is. Going up at six o'clock, so mm-hmm. bright and early while you're eating your Wheat Picks, you should listen to our little Wheat Picks episode. Yeah,
0: sounds like a, a damn fine idea. <laughs> and
2: we've had
4: um, a really good opportunity to talk to some really great food people in the last couple of months as well people like Andy Herndon and Danny Vallant and Sophia Levin. And yeah, so we've got, a, yeah, which is what we worth. want to get you on, Cam, is like just, oh, just really I putting had people
0: follow Sophia Levin. <laughs> and <with the> <laughs> Her fridge was great, really exotic, you know. (laughs)
4: She's got some good stuff in the freezer, Sophia. Mine's just got experiments in the <laughs> Yeah, well, that's what we want to do. That's hearing. great.
0: It out. No, I'm going to clean it out before I see <laughs> you. Um, I, I might I, I might have to. Rachel, thank you so much for joining us. Pleasure. Um, it was good hearing from Nathan as far as restaurant design goes. Someone um, wrote in and said maybe we could do domestic design.
3: Yes, um, designing domestic kitchens. Could, good. We, could we talk about that? Well,
0: I may actually get you guys to come in and help with that. It could be kind of interesting. mm Hmm. Talk about appliances Emily grew up with as a, yeah. as a kid, no doubt. You have lots of great <laughs> anecdotes about that.
2: Yeah, well, I didn't grow up with that many appliances just because like, we're like thrifty and I can use like a drink bottle as a rolling pin. <laughs> See, and all that kind See? Of See? I ben, knew it. Ben's got, a, and then Ben's got an appliance together. for everything.
4: I, <laughs> I, I, don't, like, I don't have that many. But yeah. I, don't have, I don't have the, the bench space. Mm. That, that would be something to Do to you discuss. have a grapefruit knife? No, no, they don't exist anymore. No one eats grapefruit anymore. It used
0: to, used to be they, a thing.
4: Are they like like got a curve?
0: Yeah, it's curved and yeah. serrated right all the way yes, around. Yes, okay. You, remember those? Yeah. Actually, you know to... what? I
4: do have one. No, <laughs>
2: ah,
0: I'm myself. gonna I'm, I'm gonna go and get one. Um, yes. Let's see. What else do I have to do? I have to let people next know week? that uh, next week um, we have uh, the chef and the som from that restaurant, which is white hot. At the moment, I'm talking about Julie at uh, the convent, and I've got the advice here. Um, Anna Clifford and Jules Blum. Jules Blum is the chef. She'll be joining us, and Anna is the Somme. and great wine list, great food. Thank you so much. Just been a bit of delight having you on. Ah, always Thank a pleasure, you. Cam. Thanks so much.
3: And Rachel, delight to see you. Uh, and you, Cam, as always.